The Lord said to Moses, I will bring judgment on all the gods in the land, so that my wonders may multiply. This is the key to understanding God's plan behind the disasters. Ten plagues against ten false gods men has made for themselves. This is the seventh plague from the book of Exodus, chapter 9. Then the Lord said to Moses, In the morning, confront and say to Pharaoh, This is what God of the Hebrews says, Let my people go that they may serve me and worship me. This time I will send all my plagues onto you and your people, so that you will know that there is no one in this world like me. God says, By now I could have cut off you and your people from the face of the earth with deadly diseases. But I have raised you up to show you my power, so that everyone on earth will know the name of God. As for you, you still set yourself over and against my people and will not let them go. This time tomorrow, I will send a hailstorm so heavy it's never seen before. So go now and get your people and livestock and all your possessions into shelter so that they don't die in the hailstorm. End quote here. This is what the Lord said to Pharaoh through Moses. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord hurried their workers and livestock into the houses. And whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left their workers and livestock out in the open. Then God spoke to Moses, and Moses stretched out his staff towards heaven, and God sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth. There was fire flashing, hail so heavy that was never seen before since the country of Egypt came to be. People, animals, crops, forestation, everything in the open field were struck down. Only in the place called Goshen, where the people of Israel were, there was no hail at all. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I have sinned. The Lord God is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord. Plead, beg, because there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. So Moses said to Pharaoh, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not fear God. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord. And the thunder and the hail and the rain stopped. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again, yet again, and hardened his heart, he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. This is the seventh plague of the hailstorm. At the heart of this plague is a contest of knowledge. It's a contest between what Pharaoh doesn't know and what Moses knows. So Moses knows something about Pharaoh. And Pharaoh doesn't know a thing about God. This is the most important line of the dialogue between Moses and Pharaoh. That can be found in verse 29 to 30 of chapter 9 of Exodus in the Bible. Hailstorm could stop, Moses said, so that you may know the earth is the Lord's. But as for you, Pharaoh, and your servants or governing officials, Moses said, I know that you, plural, that you do not fear God. 
and the whole disaster played itself out, really, just to highlight this contest. Because you do not know that God is above all in this world, and I know that deep down you do not fear God. Something that Moses know, something that Pharaoh doesn't know. The natural disasters brought on by the hailstorm was a sign, a pointer to some information, to tell you something that you don't know about God. To you, the natural climate is unstoppable. Its destructive power, you could study it scientifically with theories to explain it, but you're powerless against its forces. It's destroying your crops, your economy, your labor infrastructure, your people's lives, your livestock, your food supply. Powerless to stop it. Only God can stop it, and He doesn't stop it just for the sake of stopping it. God stops it so that you will know more about God, that He is in control of all the things in this world. If it takes a hailstorm, God will use a hailstorm, so that God may tell you He is God, and you are to fear Him. And a moment ago, Pharaoh just had his confession. He just said before Moses, "This time, only this time." This time I have said, yes, yes, the Lord God, He is in the right. I am in the wrong. My people are wrong as well. Plead with the Lord for me. Pray and beg to God for me, because there's enough hailstorm and natural disaster. Enough, Pharaoh said. So that's the reason for Pharaoh's confession. Enough of the hailstorm, not because God is God, but because in His words, I am sick and tired of the hailstorm and the destruction. So pray for me. Pharaoh was a fair weather worshiper. When things turned sour, he chalked up a few lines of prayer and say, "Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord." But God knows his heart behind the lip service. And as soon as the terrible weather lifts, he turns back to sin with a complete disregard against God. Fair weather worshiper, literally, as in. Pharaoh feared the weather more than he feared God Himself. God knows lip service when He hears it; even His servant Moses can recognize it. But God alone brings judgment from above. In a manner of speaking, God would judge the world with destructive power, just to call you out. God is calling your bluff, saying, "You don't love me. You don't respect me, or worship me, or fear me, or honor me." You can say that you say that you have sinned and that I'm right, but you don't really mean it in your heart. God knows lip service when He hears it. Even His servant Moses can recognize it. God knows the truth behind what you say. Even if a person says I've sinned, God is righteous. God knows when there's no fear for God behind the speech. Pharaoh couldn't change the climate on his own. But what he really needed. Was a change of heart, a change in his heart about God. But since Pharaoh did not have a change of heart about God, God knew that he merely said the words that God wanted to hear. Pharaoh was losing against God, just as anyone would who tried to stand against God. So Pharaoh had to bargain, and all he had on his table was to say the things God wants to hear without really meaning it. During this plague, Pharaoh no longer gave any commands to the people, or tried to control over the land like he did in the fourth plague, 
when the flies ruined the land, Pharaoh commanded God's people, the Hebrews, saying, Go here, do this, do as I say here and not there in the land. After this hailstorm, Pharaoh no longer gave any ruling or command for the people or livestock to be put away from the field. Now, God gave command. God gave the command through his faithful servant Moses so that the people could be spared from his punishment and judgment, the hailstorm. And the people all decided for themselves whether they will obey God or not. There was religious freedom in the land for what it's worth. And those who obey God did as they were told and were spared. And those who ignore God were destroyed. God judges all the people from top to bottom of a command chain. And he always prepares and protects anyone who fears and obey him. Behind every disaster and judgment, there's the justice of God, the mercy of God, and the grace of God. By the justice of God, the hailstorm wasn't stopping. If all the people in the whole world were to keep quiet or refuse to bow down to worship God as God, and there's nothing left in this world but hail and thunderstorm to tell the glory of God, then that. If the people were to keep quiet, then the stones will cry out to God. If people kept quiet, then all the nature's climate will bow down to worship God and God alone. Since God fashioned this whole universe as he saw fit, including the atmosphere and the people who live in it, more than justice, by the mercy of God, God has kept a people to be his own. God has given his laws and commandments to them. God has put a spirit into them so that they may know God is God, that they may be God's people. And by the mercy of God, the hailstorm stopped just before all the crops were destroyed in the land of Egypt, so the people may live to know He is God. And more than justice and mercy, by the grace of God, there's Jesus Christ. The grace of God, a sweet, sweet merit from God that satisfies God's own justice for which mercy prepares. The mercy of God saves us from punishment required by God's justice so that we are prepared to receive the grace of God as a merited, undeserving gift on top of it all, to know Jesus Christ intimately in the Spirit and become children of God. Jesus Christ, Lord over all, when his very own disciples saw the storm over the seas and everyone, slow in faith, still thought, we're all about to die, Lord God, Jesus Christ, do something. And Jesus commands even the storm, as great as a tidal wave like a tsunami, to calm down. It all begins with a people's inner faith turning to the Son of God, Jesus Christ that he may bring peace over nature and climate that to us are uncontrollable. Climate change and environmental issues have been rising on the world stage in recent years. Awareness is raised and publicity for it has grown substantially. And it should be an appropriate and God-fearing concern for everyone to steward God's green earth. It's not just about loving the nature. It is loving God more than the nature he has created for us. 
the proper approach to climate change is to steward God's creation with a God-fearing heart, because all the things in the world was created by God and given to man to manage and oversee. Man is the custodian of the earth from which he was made by God. Through scientific research, we are consistently uncovering the ways human stewardship is mishandled, and it has created a larger-than-life problem for this planet. But as soon as any of us try to wrangle the weather into our control to save the earth in order that we may live in peace alone, then there is no God or any thanksgiving in that idolatry. And that in turn becomes the idolizing and fearing the wrong God that is the weather. And that would be no different than the fair weather worshipping Pharaoh. It is an idolizing thought and belief to think we must somehow appease Mother Nature so that we can have environmental peace on earth for ourselves. God is not impressed with fair weather worshippers, neither anyone who worship God only in fair weather, nor anyone who fears and worship the weather itself. So let not your fear and concern for the climate and its potential, which could be great in itself, outweigh your fear and reverent worship for the Lord and God who created everything. Let not your fear and concern for the climate outweigh your reverent fear for God to worship Him because He has created everything and He is directing everything. Fear God, that is what God wants you to know by sending a plague that only He could stop. God is in control. You must come together to worship Him because He is God over all creation. All the creation and all the weather changing in our little planet is to reflect that God is in control, to tell you that you must fear God. Men and women are so unique in this universe because you are meant to reflect on the spiritual thought of the God of this universe, that you may worship Him. And by the grace of God, there is Jesus Christ.